When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Changes. My name is Annie McManus and this is a place where we have conversations all about change, how it impacts us and how we can affect it. Hope you're well. Hope you're enjoying the seasonal change of spring being in the air finally. It's just done wonders for me this week. I've got to say just that little bit of sunshine has just really put a spring in my step and and kind of helped me feel more hopeful about everything in general. So hopefully you've got a bit of a chance to get the sun on your face and, and kind of feel that too. Before I get right into it uh, with the guest, just to remind you that I've written a book and it's called Mother Mother and it's coming out at the end of May, um, but you can pre-order it now. It's under my full name, Annie McManus, and it's a book about uh, motherhood, of course. It's about loss. It's about grief. It's about addiction and it's about how unprocessed trauma can manifest and end up being very harmful to a person. That's quite relevant for my guest today, who is also an author. And it's very important for me to introduce her first and foremost as an author, a best-selling author, one of the highest-selling authors of the decade, last decade. She's released six autobiographies, 11 novels, one fashion book and two series of children's books selling millions of copies. Her name is Katie Price. She is also, and arguably best known, as a glamour model, going by the name Jordan, and very much a TV personality. So, Katie, it's really hard to know where to start, because, you know, just even giving you those author facts about Katie, that's just an aside, you know, there's so much else about Katie that people know, and that she's been through. She has had so much change and tumult in her life. There's definitely a reason she's had six autobiographies. Ever since she appeared on page three in the sun back in 1996, she has been in the eye of the storm when it comes to media coverage. Her relationship with the media has had all the highs and all the lows you could ever have. She's appeared on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here in 2004. That's where she met Peter Andre, arguably her most kind of famous and exposed relationship. She released an album. She starred in a string of her own reality TV series. She was a panellist on the talk show Loose Women. In 2015, she won Celebrity Big Brother. Katie's been married three times to Peter Andre, Alex Reed, and her last husband, Kieran Haler, who she was married to for five years before starting divorce proceedings after Katie found out he was having an affair with their nanny. This is after he had an affair with her best friend. Uh, She is now in a happy relationship with former Love Island contestant Carl Woods and just after we spoke announced that she was pregnant with her sixth child. Um, So that's really exciting for her. She is mum to five children. Harvey, who she had with the footballer Dwight York. Junior and Princess, who she had with Peter Andre. And Jet and Bunny, who she had with Kieran Haler. And of course, now she has a sixth coming with Carl Woods. To give you a, a kind of just rough example of how exposed Katie's life has been in the past... 
Uh, when she was married to Peter Andre, it was five years long, that relationship. In that time, she had two babies and one miscarriage, but also did nine reality TV fly-on-the-wall series documenting their lives together. So that's nine TV series in five years together. Um, so she was just really out there and her whole life was out there. Because she's out there, her children are out there too. And Harvey, her oldest son, is really, really well known. Uh, he's disabled, he's partially blind, autistic, and has a thing called Prader-Willi syndrome. Harvey has been subjected to the most brutal and relentless trolling in his lifetime. Katie is currently on a mission to remove anonymity online and make online abuse and trolling illegal. It took so long to actually get a confirmed time in with Katie, uh, but I'm so happy that I did. And um, she eventually managed to squeeze us in between loads of meetings with different schools for Harvey. I mean, she's a mother of five. She is so, so busy. I'm just kind of in awe of her. She was in amazing form, positively buoyant when we spoke and told me about a myriad of shocking events and dramas from her childhood up to now, including her recent stay at the Priory, which she credits as a huge change and turning point for her well-being. So happy to bring you this conversation. Before we start, the episode does contain references that some will find disturbing, and if it sounds like it might apply to you, please check the show notes for more details. Otherwise, get ready for this. It's quite a ride from the start. Enter the podcast. Katie Price. Katie Price, hello. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you, first and foremost. No, thank you very much. And if it wasn't through uh, Instagram, we would never have met. <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm so happy. And you know what, Rylan as well. I've got to thank Rylan because Rylan's been on this podcast and I messaged him because I was like, I don't, Katie said yes, and then I haven't heard from her, and I don't know whether to ring her again. I don't want to be an annoying person. He's like, I'll ring her, babe. She's doing MasterChef. Let me ring her. <laughs> did he ring you? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He always what says, a sweetheart. He always says, you're such a nightmare to get hold of. But I, I do get back eventually. I don't, I never let anyone down. So you didn't. You didn't. So yeah, I really appreciate it. So listen, we've got loads to get through. Yeah. Look what I'm reading. Oh my God. So for those who are listening and can't see, this is Katie Price Reborn that I'm reading. God, what's even and, in um, when I've So so that is <laughs> that is it starts with the a kind of recap of, of your relationships and it goes through it, it it talks about Peter, then then Alex. Oh my god, Alex. Like I didn't realise a lot of the stuff that you went through with Alex Reed. Um and it's mainly about Kieran and, and your birth with Jet. Oh my God. No, so, don't. I cannot tell you how traumatic that was either. Can I just break it down quickly for people who don't know? So you were in France, you were on holidays, you were two months early, you went to a hospital in France, no one told you what was going on, you were totally powerless, out of control. Kieran was not coming to see you, which did my head in. And eventually you had, to, what, did you have to have jet through emergency cesarean? Yeah, I was literally in there about six weeks then obviously he went into intensive care no one spoke English which you would think in France they do and I learned French at school for all them years and it just goes to show done it for about six years at school and I still Mm. can't speak it and I that I did at that point that was a regret I should have learned it now I can look back at it and talk like this but at the time it was so traumatic because obviously he was having an affair with my best friend who we was away with and I knew something was up I knew she had changed I mean when you read the book it's quite obvious, like, 
what yeah. was going on. And I think that book ends when we had to redo our wedding vows. Right. But since then, I found out he was messaging the wedding planner for that. Oh, God. But that would be in the new oh, book. Oh, God. It was just Because, endless. yeah, you drop it. You oh, drop it at the start God. of the book. You're like, okay, so there's Kira. When I found out that he was having an affair with my two best friends, I was like, yeah. two best friends. But I always say to people, like, just imagine, put yourself in my shoes. Your best friend, someone you turn to for everything. Mm. And it was them. It was mm. them. You have been through you exhausting. have been through so much, Katie, and like what a roller coaster of a life, um, of ups and downs. This podcast is all about change, right? And I mean I couldn't think of a better yeah. person to speak to with regards to someone who's changed and navigated change and got through it. There's three questions I kind of put to you on DM. Yeah. So if I was to ask you what your, the biggest change of your childhood would be, like when you look back at your early childhood, what was the change that changed things for you? What would that be? Well, I went in the Priory last year and since coming out, I've turned my life around. But I noticed from the Priory, because they go back to your childhood, my thing that's always been wrong in my life is men. But I think that's from an early age because mm. obviously I was raped as a kid at seven. That's in my first book. If, you, if people haven't seen it in my first book, mm. I was in a park. And then I got involved with this photographer who ended up being in prison and he was obsessed with me. It took like indecent photographs, what I thought were innocent at the time. And what age were you then when, when you were with him? I was 12. I was doing um, modelling for Joe Bloggs. He was the photographer for that. But he'd make me do like pictures where I'd be sticking my tongue out, which looks like young girly, but to him, he'd look at it of as course. sexual. Yeah. And he used to make these milkshakes. I never took ones. I didn't like it. But the police, when they came round to see my mum and that, that's what he did. He made the girls drink that, drug them, and then do pictures of them. Oh, gosh. And then I was seven in the park. And then in between then, um, someone tried to get me in their car. I mean, my mum's had this constant worry all the time. And obviously, my dad left when I was early, although I can't remember. Yeah. But I left the private. But subconsciously, your mind remembers everything. It's there. Yeah. Just because you can't remember, it's there. So they worked out the reason why I jumped in and out of relationships and stuff is because it's not wanting that far for figures because they've always let me down. Yeah, That's always been my trouble in my life. It's to do with men. Everything else is perfect. Mm. So I suppose in the private, they learn about acceptance of yourself and reassuring yourself, not to be needy and reliant on men and stuff like that. I mean, there'll be a lot of people listening who probably do the same. They think they can't be alone. They need a man in their life. And I was the same. Mm. I was the same, but I can tell. I mean, I could sit for hours and talk to you about how the Priory changed me. I've literally turned my life around. Why? One, because I needed to. Mm. Two, no one can tell you to do it. You have to be able to get help because I had a mental breakdown. You have to get help if you want. No one can make was there was there a catalyst to like what happened in order for you to finally go right I need this help to, to look for help I would say character assassination tops up what started my mental breakdown because I split with Pete he stayed with the management I had no one looking after me that mm. the papers were just running running stuff he was protected I wasn't and that started the roller coaster of I'm the bad one mm. he's the good one so then Team Pete, Team Kate. And then obviously, then I met Alex. All that was, I didn't know all about him. And then I, I just jumped, jumped, jumped. Married him too quick, you know, and it was a roller coaster. Then I had this court case with Pete. And the media always torturing, torturing, torturing me. 
And then obviously I met Kieran and thought, well, he was the worst out of all of them. You married Kieran after what, five weeks? Oh, don't, exactly. Yeah. Because I wasn't right. And I admit it, I wasn't. Mm. And mental abuse is worse, can be worse than physical abuse. And that's what I had. And then once you're down and then you get down, you just get weak. Yeah. And then you get weak. Then I was filming my show, talking about things I didn't want to talk about because being mm. pushed to do it. And then we was out in South Africa with the kids, Junior Princess. With ITV, we had no security. Junior wanted a wee. We got out the car. And all I remember, Junior saying, Mum, imagine if I jumped down here. Next thing you know, um, a car pulled up, six guys in it, out with their guns. They did things to me in front of my kids in the car. Had a gun to my head. We thought we was going to die. My friend got knocked out. Blood everywhere, unconscious. I can't even tell you how traumatic it was we all thought we were gonna die they stole everything the film crew stuff me and the kids that's one thing they knew that i protected them because i was holding a pillow up waiting to be shot to protect my children and how we come out of that they did a runner it made the news out there because no one didn't understand why they didn't kill us there yeah and the police said it's because they took the keys to the vehicles they reckon they were going to go and dump everything, then come back, then take the vehicles. But luckily, a passerby, I managed to get down because people just drive past. They're used to it out there. Yeah. And then the police came, so they went and got help. And the police said that um, it's so unusual that they didn't kill you. When was this, Katie? This was two years ago. This was two years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was in the back of the car with Junior and Princess. And they were literally petrified as well. Were you just, so you were on holiday, but you- No, we were filming for ITV, my quest. Got it. So we were in the police car, just talking to the police officers Why they were checking out my friend because an ambulance come and everyone, you know, we were all just so shot. A lot of the crew went home because they couldn't deal with it. I carried it because I'm professional and I didn't want to let the channel down. And anyway, that's a different story. So that hijack thing was a nail on the head for like, whoa. Then Princess had therapy after that. She still doesn't like nighttime. And yeah, there's a lot that's gone on with that. But then the next day we got security. But my argument was we should have had it anyway. Mm. So when I got back, yeah. not long after that, Kieran, I'd found out, was having an affair with the nanny that we had for 10 months. And this is and Kieran, so thought, who, is the, who is the father of Jet and Bunny, your, your fourth and fifth kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all out in the open because obviously I said it all. Mm. So it's nothing new. But for people who don't know, he was having an affair with our nanny for 10 months. And how I caught him was he was drunk one night and he does the finger ID to get in the phone. Yeah. And I didn't trust him again because of obviously what had happened. So I put his finger on the phone, got into his phone. There it was, all there for me. I screenshotted everything. And how I caught him, it wasn't through WhatsApp, wasn't through text message, it was email. They were emailing their messages. So what was your state of mind at that point? I just thought, I've, I've just had enough. I said, I have to divorce him. I can't do this. So I remember he was asleep and my friends next door, um, they were staying at my house. I said, right, I'm going to phone the nanny up now. So I phoned her up and I had one loud speaker. I'm going to keep the, put this in my book as well because it's like, you can picture it. He's in the other room asleep. I'm with two of my friends, they're a couple, and I was just sitting on their bed going, look at these messages, I can't believe it. What, like, that's it. Yeah. I said, right, I'm going to phone her. I said, hi, Nikki, do you think there's something you need to tell me? She's like, oh, what, what do you mean? I said, oh, come on, Nikki, about you fucking my husband. What are you on about? 
Nikki, don't lie. I've got all the messages here. I said, I don't ever want to see you here again. I said, I am going to name and shame you. I can't fucking believe it. I said, if you don't want me to name and shame you bad, I suggest you tell me where you've done it. If you've done it in my house, how you did it. What you, I just wanted to know all the details, which is weird. But I just needed to know. Bearing in mind, she wants to sleep next door. Then I got her to say it all. So I, I knew I had it all then. Went next door. I went, Kieran. And I recorded it as well. Kieran, Kieran, he woke up. I went, said, yeah. And I said, um, I think you need to get your stuff and go. Get up now. Get your stuff and fuck off out my house. He went, what you want about? I said, I'm divorcing you, Kieran. What, what? And he woke up. I went, don't worry about it. I said, I know that you've been having an affair with Nikki and all the others. What you want about? No, no. I said, here's your phone. He went, I haven't, I haven't done nothing. I said, Kieran, it doesn't matter, I've seen it all. I said, look, it's fine. I'm not angry anymore. I'm just so used to it. You're not going to change. Just go. Mm. And he went to go on his phone. I said, doesn't matter what you do. He goes, look at my phone. I said, I don't need to, Kieran. I said, because I've screenshot everything. Look. And his face dropped because he knew. Right. Yeah. And that was it then. I never turned yeah. back. How after that did you check yourself into the Priory? Like, was this all part of the no, kind of unravelling? That was the unravelling. Yeah. Probably not long after, to be honest. And Katie, the Priory gave you a diagnosis of PTSD, right? Yeah, the press reported that I went in there for drink and drugs. It's nothing to do with that. Anyone who knows about the Priory mm. or know anyone in there or been there, that is a separate bit. They do like the 12 steps. They were not in my sessions. My sessions were literally... Yeah severe trauma yeah and is that trauma from childhood that you just hadn't had a chance to deal with everything that had built up and the worst thing now when I look back it is mental health and people around me luckily my family are good luckily you know I wanted to commit suicide I planned it all and the only thing that stopped me were the kids faces every time I saw their faces in my in my vision I didn't do it and I kept saying to her, I'm fine, I don't need help, I'm fine. When really inside, I'm like, I do need help, help me. But I just yeah. didn't want to defeat, I didn't want to... Well, it seems like that, like knowing you and learning about you, you're so strong and so determined to be strong all the time that I can imagine finally actually relenting and admitting that you need help. That must have been a m- mad change for you, like psychologically being like, okay, actually somebody fucking help me. Not just saying it internally, but externally as well. Well, yeah, it got to the point where I started self-medicating, didn't drink, self-medicating on coke towards the end to block everything out. And I think that was the biggest yeah. shock for everyone. Because you were, you, that wasn't habitual for you. You didn't never. do that. Yeah. Never. My whole career, yeah. you can ask anyone who knew me from the past, never touched it, never have done, never been involved in it. And then I admitted to my mum, I said, yeah, I am, but I'm not going to do it anymore. But it's the only way I could escape. And then... Obviously, my house got done over with the fly tipping. They call it Mucky Mansion, but it's not. It's because the guy, it's a police investigation at the moment. Uh, he's done the biggest fly tipping. He wanted to turn my house into a wedding venue. And when really he had other agendas, I was just conned, conned, conned. That's why I'm not in that house. And then it got burgled twice. They'd left the tap on and the ceilings have collapsed in it. I mean, I don't even know where to start. But all this has happened. Oh, I've got burgled this year. And then I had my four kidnap threats. 
um, with Scotland Yard. Jesus, Katie, I can't get over your life. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I've got the fear just listening and you live in this. This is why I ended up in the Priory. And it's easy for media to judge you and just think, ah, oh, you're just turning that way because you've lost the plot. Uh, no, little do they know, because I don't have to say everything to everyone what's gone. A lot yeah. was going on. And then my poor little mind couldn't take it. And then two of my exes ganged up on me, tried to get the kids away from me, Junior and Princess, not Jet, Buddy and Harvey. Mm. So I had to go through all of that when all any of them had to do, one of the exes, was say, Kate, are you all right? Because this isn't you. Even though yeah. I did text them, this ex, and say, yeah. look, can we have a chat? And they took it the wrong way, thinking, oh, no, I'm with someone. I wouldn't meet you on my own. And it wasn't even about that. It's like, get over yourself. It wasn't even about yeah. It was yeah. about telling you I'm, I'm not feeling well and please understand. But they didn't and they, they made it worse by doing that. And that was it. My mum called an ambulance in the end and said, she? Uh, yeah, she called an ambulance. And little did I know my mum called a car and the car picked me up that she said, you are going to the Priory. So I ended up at the Priory, sat in front of the doctor, burst out crying and he said, right, Kate, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay here and get help? or do you not want to? And I said, no, I want to stay. And I stayed mm. for five weeks. And I tell you what, it was the best thing I ever, ever did. And the weird thing is, now I've come out, it was over a year ago now, now I've come out of the Priory, people around me are different now because I'm so different that all what I thought was troubled and whatever, they, I don't know how they do it in there, they're so clever. They just re-noddle your brain to help you deal with situations yeah yeah that i look back at that place because obviously i've got my private pack i look back yeah. at that place now and think oh my god i would never ever want to be in that situation so mm. i've i've got rid of a lot of people around me moved right. out the area because of the house that my house was the biggest mental thing for me whenever i spoke about my house it was like oh because obviously the affairs happened there right and the kids were the same but all the other stuff they just help so much that people around now I'm assertive. Now I'm in charge. People think I'm the old weak Kate and I'm not. So people don't know how to handle that. And you know, when you say to people, I have changed and they don't believe you. And only time, only time can prove that. And what well, it's been nearly a year on and everyone's like, Kate, we have to give it to you. We thought that you would crumble and go back yeah. to where and I haven't. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Well done. You look amazing. Has your attitude changed to the media and how you deal with the media having come out of the Priory? Well, this is the thing, what I've learned. I know there was people around me doing stories or right. people around me who the press knew, knew me because it's amazing being in lockdown, how this has made me unravel everything. Because being in lockdown, you're just at home. You don't see anyone. You can't go out. Mm. And no stories were happening. So I'm like, this is my point. Stories were only happening when I'm seeing people and out and about. So it's someone I know. So basically, when you know someone, the media could probably phone someone up because they know they know me. Even though I haven't seen them, they could just make a story up or whatever. Mm. And not only that, I haven't given the media anything to write about because I'm not doing anything wrong. I haven't sure. drank since the prior. I don't drink anymore. Well, you, you are giving them things to write about, but they're all good things, so they don't want to write about them, I presume. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be prim and proper because I'm not. I do. I love a drama yeah. and controversy. Yeah. That's me, and that, I wouldn't change. I'm not perfect. But what I mean is the damaging stories, they yeah. may write, but don't realise it affects you in your head. And I think when your mental state is so broken anyway, they don't realise that I started getting suicidal and I was suicidal. That's why I went to the Priory because I planned how I was going to do it. I tried to do it and then I stopped. Then I couldn't. And then I stopped. And I thought if it was not for my children, I would not be here today. And that's a harsh statement but it's true. They saved me. And going in the Priory, I had to do it for my children. And I know that probably sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Because I don't know if there's anyone out there who have tried or thought about it. But with me, every time I went to like do what I, want, was what I planned to do, I think of my kids' faces and then my mum, because obviously my mum's terminally ill and thought, I couldn't do that to my mum. I couldn't do it to the kids because I'd picture their faces going, mum, yeah. oh, no, mum. And that's what, why I didn't do it. So I went in the Priory, got help. And it's amazing that you meet people in there and you're like, wow, it's not just me. They're going through the same kind of thing as me. It's normal. Yes, we can sometimes get stressed. What might be big to someone else would be small to me. Because you listen to everyone's stories in there and I'll be thinking, God, you're only in here for that. Is that it? God, imagine if you're going for what I'm but you can't say it because it affects people on different levels. Totally. It's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, mental health is massive. And what do you think, like with the Harry and Meghan interview, I was thinking about that in relation to you and Meghan talking about feeling suicidal for the, for the same reasons as being chased and trapped and vilified by the media. And then obviously Piers Morgan's left ITV. Like I know you and him have known each other for donkey's years. He's part of the system. You know, yeah. that, that kind of, you've been in the eye of the storm when it comes to the media and him. How do you yeah. feel about all that biz? Well, to be honest, whether it was Megan or anyone else sitting there saying that, I believed her. I'll tell you why. Because she was saying things that were similar to like me. Yeah. You're asking for help. You're not getting it. The media are writing stuff and there's nothing you can do about it when you know the truth. And it's like no one's listening to the truth. No one's protecting you. 
that is exactly what was happening to me. And then you have to go out there and put a brave face on. It was the same for me. How did you feel about what Harry said, which I thought was really interesting, about that codependency thing with the royal family needing the media in order to survive? And I, I, like, how does that apply to you? Have you ever felt trapped? Like you have to keep doing this stuff. You have to keep exposing your life to people and blah, 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 when maybe you don't want to. Well, here's an interesting thing. Loose women. Yeah. yeah. Right? I was doing loose women for two years. I watched some of those interviews the other day, yeah. When I look back at that, it makes me feel sick because them two years was when I was bad. Bad. Bad mentally. Bad, bad. But I still went out there and put on a brave face. I look and I think, mm. oh, my God. I look at my eyes in it and I think I look dead in my eyes. But then... Because all the drama and that come out, I feel like saying to them, but you had me on your show when I was at my illest, but now mm. I'm fresh, you wouldn't offer me that back again. I'm not saying they wouldn't, but they wouldn't at the minute. And I feel like saying, but oh, this is me now. You, you'll get the best out of me now. Whereas then you had me at my worst. You had me when mentally I was really going through it, which mm. is weird because some people wouldn't have you on the show because they're like, oh no, you're not well enough. When in fact, I wasn't well, but I was still able to perform like a seal. As I yeah. was. And were you ever able to tell anyone about how unwell you were at the time? Like, would they have had any idea, do you think, from their side? I was afraid to. I would just brush <sighs> off. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm only like it because, look, this has happened again and this has happened. Like, every time we had our morning meetings, I would always come in with another drama. They're like, oh, my God, Kate, it's just exhausting. And I'd sit there thinking... I know, can't one of you just say, Kate, are you all right? Yeah. Um, it's like I'm trying to say, can someone ask if I'm all right? Yeah. Um, but that's why my family in that knew I was deteriorating. But then even then I'm like, I'm fine. Just leave me alone. I'm fine. Because that's what... So what a relief. What a huge relief to just not be fine after all these years and be like, uh, okay, I'm not fine. I need help. I can't imagine how mad that must have been. What's the worst thing that can happen? What people got to remember, when you go, you can't take anything with you. You don't can't take anything with you. And do you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking about your daily life as a mother of five children, as a mother of two children, the idea of five children, one who, as we know with Harvey, needs a lot of care and attention. Just the idea of being in hospital for five weeks without having to do anything and having that mental load in your head must have been so liberating in itself. Just having a holiday from your life. The priory to me, it felt safe. Yeah. And it's secure. You can't go out. That You have to be let out. You can't just open mm. a door and think you're going to walk out. Did you like that? Was there something good about that in that you had no choice? Well, yeah, because when I look at the beginning, when I went in, there, I had no energy. I had to the point I couldn't even get on one of my horses. I couldn't even be bothered to stroke my horses, even though they're at my house. Like I had no energy. So in there, the first few days, I would just want to sleep. And they'd be like, right, Kate, you've got to come to your sessions. You know, they didn't push you mm. and they assess you. And towards the end, I kept saying to them, have I got something wrong with you? Have I got ADHD or something? Because everyone just says I'm so lively and like hyper. And they went, Kate, it's your personality. That is you. And they right. said, you should be so proud of yourself because you're not on medication. And you've come through it. You've had your brain re-nodded, re like, you know. Yeah. But after five and a half weeks, I think doctors know that there's something wrong with you. Do you know what I mean? When they see you every day. You know, I even had a room check every 15 minutes. They come and check your room. They take everything off you. I had one of the smallest rooms where some people had a big room. They're like, why don't you want a big room? I went, no, I'm quite fine in my little room and my little TV. I loved it. It was like, 
people are listening to me. When you were talking, like in these places, as you said at the start of our conversation, you're kind of forced, sometimes maybe against your will, to look backwards at your life and the start of your life and how those events in your childhood has shaped you. How was that experience for you? Did you find that difficult? And did you learn anything about yourself in the process of that? I learned myself that um, I was becoming weak and dependent on a man around me. But when I look back at my life, it's always men and always in my job as well. Whatever I did in life, I was always getting knocked back, knocked back, knocked back, like even in the modelling or even if I did a press call. There was one time I did a press call and I was dressed as a horse, like half horse. And, you know, yeah. I like to do... I like You always do the, the funny outfits for the press calls. Yeah, yeah. And so many times people around me be like, Kate, you can't do that. Well, I'm not getting involved in that because that's silly. And I'm like, but I know what I'm doing. It would get mm. everywhere and it's fun. Why take yourself too seriously? And then it would work. And I'll be like, see? And it's mm. always, even in my career, you'd never be able to do that. You won't be able to do that. Oh, you're, I'm doubted. And that's what drives me because I always prove them wrong. Like this situation, I was so badly low. I would never have dreamed a year on I'd be back on my feet, being able to sort out everything that was in my head bothering me when really they're not big things, but they were at the time, you mm. know, simple bill. I couldn't be bothered to pay a bill. Uh, and then that would escalate and escalate and escalate, as you know. But now I look back and think, Jesus, I must have been a nightmare to people. And then who around me now are people who stuck by me through that. And you have a happy relationship now, right? You're with Carl. Really good. Yeah, really good. And like people now coming out the woodworks wanting to know me again, but they didn't want to know me in my dark time. I'm like, and I say, it's fine now. Um, you didn't, we weren't there for me before. And I can say it now because I'm strong and I don't care. And I'm mm. like, look, to be fair, I like, I like it that you're, you've got back in contact. But to be honest, you weren't there for me when I needed you. So mm. I thought things won't be the same. You and me are the same age. We're both 42. I genuinely feel like that once you get over 40, you just give so many less fucks and, and you kind of edit your life, don't you? You edit your friends, you know what's good for you. So I can imagine your experience in the Priory of kind of finally being able to have the headspace to like get better, coupled with that, with like getting over that 40 yeah. mark and just like not caring as much anymore about pleasing people. Yeah, and... I knew that I'd be that I am now the best I'll ever be. And now I've met Cole, he's got the best Kate that there will ever, ever be. Because mm. there's none of these demons anymore. The insecurities, yeah. Insecurities. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I still am a jealous person and needy, but in a mm. good, healthy way. So with yeah. Cole, I've done it all properly this time with him. Everything's been done properly. My family love him. I can't believe how luck I am to have had him. He's so amazing that I am going to marry him. He is the one. And I always... So you are definitely going to get married? Ah, uh, with him. I, 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 he's just amazing. And it's taken me 42 years to find <laughs> my prince. <laughs> and he doesn't take any shit from me. Good. If anything, he's like, don't think you're going to be going out of your boobs and all that out. And what he says, them days are over. The Jordan, whatever, they're over. You're a woman now. I'm not, I'm not having a woman like that. He's very much like that. And I suppose yeah. that's what I need. And I don't yeah. even try to rebel because I know he won't have it. Yeah. 
Tell me about your relationship with your body and, and how that has changed over the years, talking about boobs and that. Like, oh God, the body. I mean, I mean, the body. Like reading, again, reading a, the book that I've read, you know, just after giving birth to Jeff, you know, getting your hairdresser over to put in your hair extensions oh, no, when you were feeling the lowest of your low. But it, it, it was, I just found that really interesting that for you, like the validation was all in the physical. It was like you yeah. needed to feel like you were looking good in order. It was like armour. That's because my best friend had cloned into me and she was... Yeah, that is like something out of a thriller, can no, I just it say? Is. It was literally that. I mean, I think I mentioned in the book that when she was there with her husband, Derek, and I was there and she went, you've got my boyfriend. And her husband went, what do you mean, Jane, your boyfriend? It's Kate's husband. Yeah. And she went, yeah. sorry, Kate, you know I don't normally dress like this. I got my biggest, I'd ever been with my pregnancy, the worst. But yet, mm. so I felt frumpy. She was mm -hmm. this little skinny mini dressing like me. And I thought I'd go away and not have my hair extensions in like I haven't now. Which, can I just say, looks amazing. It's so chic. I love it. Oh, thank you. But is it normal to have a cesarean and the next day when you still got your catheter in to have your hair extension person over in the hospital? And he was the first person that wheeled me up to see my son. I know, I know, it's I know. That made me sad. But do you know what? Yeah. I look at that as the past. I know now I'm a million miles away from that person. I'm in a happy relationship. My work's gone good. I'm doing good stuff, good campaigns. And this is the way forward. And what drives me is now people are recognising I'm back on form. Now people are wanting to engage to work better with me. So I'm like, say to myself, see Kate, because you're showing that energy, because you are working now, and people can see a difference. Now they want to engage with you because they didn't want to engage with me before. No. And now I know why. So, but it's so refreshing and nice now. Oh my God, it's been a tough journey. But it's not all doom and gloom if people are listening that, you know, we've only touched a base on things. You know? <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you for 12 hours and still not be done. As you say, you've come through so much. And, and I think people really underestimate the strength, the absolute strength. You are so fucking strong, right? And I think I think that, that served you really well. But also it's, you know, it's part of that strength is finally being able to accept that you can't do everything and yeah. you need help. So that is the final fucking level of strength. And now you've reached that. It's like, what? what's next? Like you're 42, you're a businesswoman. <laughs> you've got so many things going on. What do you still want to achieve professionally? Um, we haven't even touched on the fucking, you trying to change the law about trolling, which is really admirable. People have to remember, if there's a problem or you can't deal with anything in your head, talk to someone before it manifests into something bad, talk to someone because there's always a solution. Rewind 10 years when I was strong, doing my perfumes, makeup, this and that, when my head was good, that's me again now. So it's like I raised the 10 years, I'm back to where I was, now doing it again properly, my way, not being dictated by anybody out there. I'm not going to be ripped off by this manager, that manager, that company, this and that. I'm the boss of myself nobody else and no one's telling me what to do anymore i will only do jobs that i want to do great i don't need the fame i don't need the status i've i've got that do you know what i mean and and I, that sounds big-headed but i mean you know some people do shows because they want to raise their profile or this and that. i don't need that what's important to me is setting an example 
yeah, I've been like that, but now I'm back to where I am and I just want to enjoy what I do. And you have to find time for yourself because that's what I wasn't doing. Yes. I was doing everything for everybody else and not myself. So like, although I showed you the page on my diary today, I've got like two, three hours in between before the kids come back. So I'm going to go and ride my horse and take the dog. And then Cole will come along with his bike next to me. And then that Aww. makes you happy because you're out in the fresh air. You're on the horse, smelling the horse, walking the dog. I just love it. <laughs> love it. And then the kids will come back later and drive me mad. How has being a mother changed you, Katie Price? How's it changed me? Well, I regard myself as one of the kids a lot of the time, because especially with Junior and Princess, they're like, Mum, please don't, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> I, I just love, I'm a nurturer. Like, I still want to train to be a paramedic. I'm a caring person. I just love that I want more kids. Do you? How's it changed me? Yeah, I just love to nurture. Right. Yeah, I'm trying now for a baby. Are you? Um, so it'll be yeah. six. Wow. Yeah, I, I would have as many as my body's allowed to give me. I yeah. love family life. I love the chaos. Because having kids, I know it's chaos, mainly clearing up after them. But they've all got personalities, and it's just funny what they come out with them. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, right, that's it, kids. Right, <laughs> quiet now. I've had enough. And what strikes oh. me watching the videos and, and like having a little look at like Junior's Insta and Princess's Insta is just how much love they have for each other. Like Junior and how he talks about Harvey literally makes my heart melt. It's so beautiful. We are such, like all my family, I'm so lucky that I have this family unit. We all mm. sit on the sofa, watch telly and that together. We just have a laugh and then I'm like, go make me tea, do this, do that. And then they're like, mum. We're not your slave. I'm like, you are, because I broke my feet. <laughs> You're not about my weight. Let me just say, because I broke my feet. Um, I was in a wheelchair for six months and I gained on the pounds. But I'm so happy that I can walk again. So I don't care about my weight at the minute. I'm alive because my accident, I could have been dead. If it was my head, I wouldn't be here. And if it's my back, I'd be paralyzed. It was a serious, serious freak accident. Is there any lasting injuries from that accident? Oh my God, it's lifelong, lifelong pain. I won't be able to run ever again because I've got like nine screws in each foot and plates. I've had to learn to walk again. I have physio three times a week. I can't go on long walks. That's why I love riding because it's not weight bearing mm. on my feet. Mm. So my main hobby hasn't been taken away from me, which I'm thankful for. But I can walk again. So, yes, I've put on weight and I moan about it because I'm not used to seeing my body like it. But then I'm like, Kate, your head's so in a good place. Just, I'm lucky. It, it, it's been a drama to happy ending. <laughs> it's literally, you need to write another book, Kate, because... Oh, I am. We haven't touched on anything. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you look exhausted now after yeah no I'm just I'm just I feel like overwhelmed because there's so much to touch on and it's like it's hard to even know where yeah. to start and where to end but I love the fact that we've learned today just about that huge change in the last like that the last couple of years for you and how how you're back it's lovely to learn about that and to hear the context around it so yeah thank you for telling us all about it I have to ask you the third question what is the change that you would make about the future for you or your life if there's anything you want to change moving forwards what could it be one is finding time for yourself is important two is you do what you want to do not what you're dictated to do and just 
be happy and remember you can't take anything with you so what's important are the people around you that make you happy money's the root to all evil i know we need it but just think if you can live a simple life with just having a laugh and that with people around you that's what's important amazing and listen i look forward to seeing the next steps what you do next just start your own loose women don't because I, I would do that katie price you are a hero thank Thanks you so much thank you annie She's just a ball of energy. I found it so energizing speaking to Katie and um, I kind of really feel like, as I said, we've only touched the sides. So watch this space. It may be that we, we get her to come back and do another episode. If that's something that you would like, please do let me know. Hit me up on Instagram or leave a comment on Apple Podcasts and let us know if you want more. And for all the latest in Katie's life, follow her online, of course, at Katie Price. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, remember there is always someone to talk to or text the Samaritans can be reached on 116123 and check the show notes for details outside of the UK and Ireland remember Katie did finally realize she needed help and it's totally transformed her life to be able to talk through that and just make herself vulnerable let us know what you thought of this episode we will shout you out on the podcast if we can last week was really talked about it was one of the most followed civil rights activists in the world Sean King he talked us through a traumatic change he suffered as a teenager uh, that would motivate his lifelong passion for activism and I questioned him around all the controversies surrounding him and we discussed the double-edged sword of social media if you missed it go back and have a listen don't forget to rate review and subscribe I will be back next Monday with an academic who specializes in the psychology of pandemics his name is Dr Stephen Taylor he's the only person in the world who's written about the psychology of pandemics and he has a really interesting take on how this whole last year has affected us as the human race and the history of pandemics, the patterns of behaviour in pandemics and most importantly and hopefully in a useful way how we move through it and how we move out of it uh, and stay sane in the process. So I'm hoping it will be a very useful episode for you guys next week. Thank you for listening. This episode was produced by Louise Mason with research from Leila Simone Springer through Rethink Audio. See you on Monday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.